Welcome to Expounded Universe, Season 6, Episode 12, Spilling Dazeem Softly. The book, Planet of Twilight, by Barbara Hambly. The year, 1997, Chapters 21 and 22, with your hosts, Jeff and John. Let's go! Drag me to Taytel. Oh, my jerk-off motion is one of the endless. I mean, or, you know, you can just cover R2-D2 in flesh. <laughs> and here we go! Expounded Universe back on the air, discussing Planet of Twilight for the last time. Well, not quite the last time. I we do know, have a wrap-up episode. The wrap-up episode, whatever. But, but discussing the end of Planet of Twilight for the first time. <laughs> discussing the last of the specific chapters we're in the planet of twilight end game now <laughs> i've read no, actually we're in the planet of twilight infinity war now <laughs> i've read 14 million different star wars books and only one of them ended good <laughs> uh jokes 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 about that mcu yeah we got them you got i got them that's the kind of jokes i got i'm jeff and that's john and you know who we are yeah we got crossover nerd humor yeah, if you wanted some of that, we're here for you. You want some, like, his Dark Materials jokes? Too bad. Keep moving. I haven't read those. Neither have I. Yeah. I did see the the one movie and mm -hmm. remember, ooh, basically nothing about it. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's some. There's certain holes in our nerdery. It's true. Yeah, and we just need them to be filled. If you yeah. could just fill up our holes. Yeah, if you could help us fill our holes. Like Jenny Weasley. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. That's an old in-joke from back when I was part of Harry Potter fans with some friends. Good. We were always saying that Jenny Weasley had a penis-shaped hole in her that she just couldn't fill. <laughs> Except that's, with penises. That's weird. I know. It's, we, we had to be in a, a fandom where we were talking about an adult Jenny Weasley, though. Yeah. Because when well, you're talking about like the one who's like three years younger than Harry Potter and is dating him anyway, and you're like, yeah. 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 Aurora Borealis. <laughs> Okay, so it is the last two chapters, and we are going to start out chapter 21 with Luke and Leia on the move. They are headed to Ashgad's. Mm -hmm. Once again, we get some descriptions of how rad this car is. Hell yeah. Like, Beldorion's chasing them, but all Leia can think about is... Man, this is a really nice car. It's basically the limo because it's got like a bar and shit in there. Oh, yeah. It's a super. She, she points out that it's almost the size of a B Wing and wonders how the hell it got to the planet in the first place. Yeah. Uh, apparently, it, uh, apparently, Ashgad tried seven or eight times to get one of these things onto the planet and they kept getting shot down and destroyed. And Aunt Jin kept picking up the wreckage. And so she was the only person who could fix these stupid things once he finally got a real one to the planet. Yeah. So she's spending most of her time going like, oh, man, it's got these leather seats. Mm, what a smooth ride for a family of four. This would be a perfect thing to drive around on gray rocks at the beach or, you know, just in the city while listening to the hot, the hottest music. <laughs> yeah. I know if this thing had an Audi logo on it, it'd pretty much be yeah. just the product placement that we keep getting stuck into it. And uh, Luke is driving and we know that this vehicle is so amazing 
because the like inner grav is so great that even though Luke is driving like a madman, she's like, oh, it's basically like I'm just sitting on my bed at home. Mm-hmm. She's like, as a rule, I don't like to drive uh, ride in cars that Luke is driving because Luke drives like an insane person. But this thing's got such powerful dynamic range 16 track double steering that even I feel secure in it. Mobcat, the definition of luxury. <laughs> uh, they also have a crap ton of weaponry in there because mm-hmm. they took all the uh, like nonsense that Ashgad was giving to the newcomers to blow up the... Yeah, so they have the, fi- the fanciest weapons on the planet. The Lorinar Corporation's brand new fancy flamethrowers and rocket launchers and cool blasters. Mm-hmm. Lorinar, luxuriousness personified. Yeah, I mean, goddamn, the opening of this is just her being like, wow, these are so nice, and this car is nice, mm-hmm. and these are nice. Yeah, everything on this planet that, that Seti Ashgad bought is great. Man, if only he wasn't evil. This is wonderful. Did you, Luke, did you see his washer-dryer set? It was from Kenmore. <laughs> uh, Leia, I couldn't help but notice his washer-dryer set either. Obviously, The fact I that did. they stacked vertically gave, provided so much additional space to the kitchen area of his home. <laughs> Uh, but then they do have at least one little conversation before they get to Ashgad's, mm-hmm. which is just them talking about Q-Varks. Yeah, who I could have sworn earlier in the book was named Q-Varg. Nah, man, Q-Varks. It's been Q-Varks the whole time? Okay. So Q-Varks is the senator who, I guess, represents this part of space in the Republic or whatever, and he's... He's been the idiot the whole time, the, the the person that Ashgad and his loyalist group and Dazim managed to get to, and, and we're like, hey, uh, we'll we'll totally make you ultra-wealthy if you help Lornar Corporation help us get off planet with all these sexy crystals. Yeah, like... Oh, by the way, there's sure, going to be a little plague. Yeah, they're not really sure if he knew exactly what was going on, but he knew enough that it was like... My dude, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. He was basically Leia's Luke's trying to be nice to him in this conversation because Luke's always like, oh, I want to see the good side in everybody. And he's like, maybe he just didn't realize what he was doing. Maybe he's just a dumb fucking chump, Leia. Did you ever think of that? I uh-huh. mean, he is in Space Congress. <laughs> what a bunch of chumps. <laughs> and she's like, no, no one could be this stupid. <laughs> He only he was like, oh, I'm cool with a little plague, but just a little plague. Yeah, I mean, as long as it's not a Death Seed plague. Oh, no! Oh, my petard! The Death Seed. Plague's personified. <laughs> this plague is so luxurious. It's the best plague. It's completely undetectable. Uh. Spread only by thumb-sized bugs. <laughs> thumb bugs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so they do get to Ashgad's and... They're just wasting no time. Like, they fucking ion blast open the garage. Yeah, they just shoot the fuck out of the garage with things and go riding in, and they know what they're doing. Like, as they arrive at the garage, they're still being pursued by Beldorion's round palatial dais speeder thing. I guess. I, whatever. It's got to be big enough to hold a 45-foot-long hut, so it's got <laughs> to be something. Probably one of those skiffs. Um, but their plan is to stop the Reliant from taking off, which is Ashgad and Dazim's boxy-ass freighter ship. Yeah. Uh, now, Ashgad has already succeeded in a big part of his plan, which is to blow up enough guns from one of the gun stations to be able to get off planet. Yeah, that one gun station that we saw the grenades go into and get fucked up last time mm-hmm. is down. So he's like, great, I've got a little narrow corridor where that was the 
one gun station that had any sort of sway over, so I've just got to thread the needle, and I won't get shot. Yep. And just as they managed to get to the uh, landing platform, j- after dashing up a bunch of stairs, which were full of drocks again. Like oh, yeah. But carpeted they, sea of drocks. They straight go in like fucking uh, dudes from The Thing. Or aliens, yeah. Flamethrowers a-going, and mm-hmm. they're just like, all right, let's fucking blast everything. Screw your stupid little bug monsters. So they just walk in with flamethrowers, torch the entire room that separates them from where they need to go. Oh, yeah, they're just flame the entire stairs. They get to that little antechamber room, flame the entire room. Yeah. Just, Screw this! And just run over a bunch of cooked bugs. Yeah. They're like, ooh, little crunchy bugs. Yeah, so when they finally manage to make it to the landing platform, it's slightly too late. The Reliant is already taken off and is heading for the stars. Oh, no! And, uh... They have mildly uh, messed with the two remaining ships in the hangar. The that weird one that has like the several boxes that connect that uh, he was using to transport shit. Yes, yeah, uh, and then a Z ninety five. Yeah, a heavily modified skip ray blast boat. They, they they're saying, yeah, which is really heavily modified if it's modular. But sure, why not? Yeah, uh, and then yeah, an old ass Z ninety five that pro- that honestly, Zeddy Ashgad probably came to this planet in the first place on most likely because uh, he's the guy who invented them apparently. Yeah, uh, but they have what they've done is basically pulled the distributor caps. Yeah, they were like, oh, this will stop you for enough time so we can leave. Yeah. So, unfortunately, they didn't count on the fact that Luke is also the greatest starship mechanic outside of Chewbacca, mostly. Mostly. Yeah. Uh, So, he's just like, well, I'm going to start fixing these. Help me. Help me get the following couple of things or whatever. I need the the cart. Give me the mechanical crash cart. So, Leia, like, takes a big red cart full of tools and runs over and does shit with that. And then uh, we've got (sighs) Luke basically, like hides inside the Z-95 trying to get it all set. Yeah. When Beldorion bursts in, he's like, motherfuckers, I am hot. <laughs> this is actually pretty cool. Because he comes roping his way in like a giant monster. I mean, we already know, I, I'm pretty sure there's probably a translation error and he's not supposed to be, you know, a whale shark long. But No, I assume just like with the, uh, the plant guy, mm-hmm. you should just sort of move the decimal place over one. Yeah. And be like, oh, he's, he's four and a half meters. Yes, yeah, 3.5 instead of 35 meters. Yeah, because he is, I think they said he was 15 meters long, um, which, you know, theoretically could be. I mean, he's really old. But so is Chewbacca. Uh, wait, wait. Yeah, so is Chewbacca. So is Chewbacca. It's and not Chewbacca's relevant. Chewbacca's not huge. It's not relevant, but Chewbacca is also really old. I meant to say, uh, what's his, Jabba? Jabba to uh who we saw way back on Cl- in Clone Wars falling asleep during the pod races. Yeah. Um, anyway, he comes loping in here on his big muscly legs and is like, hello, little girl. It's, I may be old and lazy, but I am still Beldorian. Yeah, and apparently... I don't know how they know this or why they think it, but they're like, oh, uh, Dazeem mind-controlled Beldorion into wanting to kill us for some reason. I mean, I assume. It seems like it'd be pretty easy. He could just be like, here, eat this plate of drocks. <laughs> no, but it's like something behind his eyes is making him be like, oh, it's Dazeem that's forcing him to do this. Yeah, he's he's infected with madness somehow. He's He wouldn't normally do this because he's... Well, they actually make a thing about how he's still a Jedi and not like a Sith or anything. He's just a mad Jedi. Yeah, he's gone nuts. Yeah. Uh, this this fight is interesting for me because uh, Hambly really pulls out the stops on the $5 words. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> There's a couple of them in particular uh, here that are uh, a little challenging. Uh, first, his voice is described as stentorous. <laughs> Not she, stentorian, stentorous. She really brought out the thesaurus for this one. Mm-hmm. She was like, I got to get some new words in here. How do I describe this fight? Well, I mean, the, it's going to end with the goop inside of him being described as of a nigris consistency. Yeah. That was, uh, that took me out of things like, for a second. Yeah. But the the fight is very much like, oh, finally Leia takes what she learned in like the hour of <laughs> know, practice with Callista. She's all like mentally thanking Callista while she pulls her lightsaber. And she's like, thank you, Callista. Thank you, Luke, for the training that I have received from you over one afternoon. Yeah. He's like, oh boy, now I know exactly how to fight a trained old ass hut. And so she just is like, oh, I've got to dart in and out and I got to watch out for his giant fucking tail that's going to try and kill me. Yeah, because this dude is not messing around. First of all, he's like 10 times stronger than her. I mean, he's got massive hut arm strength. Uh, he's got a lightsaber that he's got out, which uh, unfortunately, I, I always like to know what color lightsabers are. And his is described as the color of hot smoke. <laughs> Mmm, hot smoke. I don't really know. It's, does that mean it's kind of a gray, or are we talking? It's just another red lightsaber. I, we, I assumed it was purplish. You think it's a purple saber? Yeah. I think in the in the art I've seen of this, it's white. That's weird. Yeah. But okay. Uh, but but it's uh, it, hot smoke is the only description it gets. Hot smoke. Now, there's a couple things that happen here. This is actually a pretty neat fight scene. Uh, it's described as him just slamming his bulk around and trying to use the fact that he's got a long, whippy tail for advantage. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's basically him just going, I'm bigger and stronger than you. Mm-hmm. And, like, even when Leia can parry his blows, it still just, like, slams into the lightsaber and yeah. almost knocks her off balance. Yeah. Virtually breaking her wrists with each one of his massive hammer swings. Uh, they keep describing the lightsabers as getting twined up, which I have a hard, I, I have a hard just time thinking not of, picturing space balls. Yeah, right? I'm yeah. like, yeah, it's space balls. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll put my foot here. <laughs> um there's and yeah every time that they manage to lock sabers it's not safe for her she needs to get the hell out of there because he just whips his tail at her then oh yeah he is an extremely dangerous foe but at least he's not really using the force at the same time (laughs) oh no wait there we go it's a violet oh okay he has a deadly thrumming a pallid and sickly violet that's awesome i want a a really pale lightsaber purple lightsaber that's a rad color i was like i thought i remembered it being purple it's rad that when cool jedi come to because these two characters him and tesseldo didn't show up on this planet as evil jedi no so all their leftover stuff they still own is good guy jedi nonsense yeah yeah that's pretty great uh so uh, there's this thing a thing where she's like i learned important lessons from Callista yesterday afternoon during summer camp and (laughs) And one of the things that she taught me is that there's only one way for women to be allowed to lightsaber fight, which is that you have to dive in and out, in and out, in and out, over and over again. (laughs) Yep. And try to hit that G spot. So she's mostly just like jumping in, swinging around, jumping back, which she has to do because if she is within range of him, he's either going to tail whip or just power slam with the lightsaber into her. Yeah. So she's got to just sort of like make little quick jabbing slash movements and then get the fuck out eventually luke pops out of the z95 long enough to see that the fight's going down but he just sort of sagely nods hmm. he's just like mm, yes. yes i mean it doesn't really matter he needs to go stop the death seed he can't stop working on the headhunter yeah so but he's like she's definitely got this i can tell oh yeah and then she's sure had enough, an hour of training she's yeah. good <laughs> she read the manual that came with the lightsaber it's fine well, the one thing he does notice is he's like, ooh, look at that fighting style. 
That definitely reminds me of someone. Well, it's funny because it's a specific move. Because eventually Beldorion slips up, slams on her, down on her, and she just sort of spins around it and then dashes along the length of him, cutting him open on the side. Yeah. Like, so she's just holding the lightsaber out and clotheslining him open. Yeah, because she basically uses the force to tell, like, oh, he's about to do this move where he's going to try and, mm-hmm. like, slam this direction and I'm just going to get out of the way and slice down. Yeah, and it looks like, oh, I recognize that low side cut. That could have only been taught to her by one person. And I was like, so you've known Callista for, like, three weeks, really. And in that time, you watched her fight a lot of tube-shaped dudes? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I do love the description of when she cuts him open, where he just, like, deflates like a balloon as all of his goo comes pouring out of him. All over her. She's, like, straight up a double dare physical challenge happens. He becomes the nose. Oh, yeah. I mean, apparently all of Hut guts are under pressure, and the second you pierce that shit, they just come flying out. I mean, she basically cut him from Aston to ears, so... Uh, there's a big old open hole down one side of him, and I guess he just sort of gushes out that side. Yeah, he's like a big old hut gusher. Yeah, and and she's standing in the in the way still, so she just cons- gets completely coated in what is described as nigris slime. Oh boy, you know it's a word you should probably go ahead and let retire. <laughs> I know it just means black, like you know the Spanish word for black, what have you, but it's just. It doesn't need. You could just say black. You could. You could. You could, you could do that. No one could take it away from you. Uh, no, there but I've got so this many, thesaurus, and by God, I will use there it. There are so many weird little five dollar words scattered throughout the, this. Not just specifically this fight sequence in particular. Oh yeah. But then through the rest of the chapter as well. There's just all these like I don't even remember all of them, but no. But every time I hit one, I was like, ah, look at that, an interesting word from yesteryear. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. Baldorian goes down basically at the same time that Luke manages to fix the headhunter. Yeah, he sort of blorps down into a goop pile. So at least when he takes off, he knows that Leia is okay, because she looks up from all her slime mass, and she's like, It's cool, Luke, I found the little flag. (laughs) I got it. We can go back to the trivia challenge part that no one gives a fuck about. (laughs) So Luke just hops in the cockpit and takes off. And he's like, all right, fuck this, I'm out of here, I'm going to go try and kill this dude. Yeah, luckily Luke is also an ace pilot, so he rapidly ascends in his Z-95 headhunter, which is basically an X-Wing. What a perfect ship for him. Yeah, it's basically an X-Wing that very specifically isn't his X-Wing. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, his X-Wing is safe somewhere else. Uh, but the Z-95 is faster than the Reliant, mm-hmm. because the Reliant is more of... It's a box, it's a freighter. Yeah, it's, it's, mo- it's it, more like a cargo ship than it is a fighter. And that shit doesn't matter once they get down to a- out of atmosphere, of course, because there's no drag. But in atmosphere, the, the hovers that are taking the Reliant out are taking a while, because it's basically a minivan, on, it, a space van. Yeah. So, you know. And it's Luke, a rockin'. <laughs> Luke gets to fly up, and he's got that whole, like, oh, baby, I sure do love f- flying, and here's them stars, and ooh, yeah, I love it. Yeah. Uh, and. He gets he gets up close enough to uh, draw a bead on the Reliant, but oh no, there's those CCIR needle things, those little droid ships. Of course, by the time he comes out of Atmo and sees everything, he's like, what the fuck is going on oh, here? Oh shit, there's like a huge Imperial fleet here, and a small re- rebel fleet, or gla- a Republic fleet here. And hey, is that the Falcon? Huh? The shit is going, what? Who? What the fuck is happening? Yeah. There's a huge space fight happening. Like an enormous space fight. But he can't think about that. He has to focus on the Reliant. Uh, so he takes a couple of pot shots at it, hits an engine, 
but doesn't manage to destroy the ship. It's it's still there. No, and then Neil's Ashgad calls for cover while they're going because he's getting shot at. So just a bunch of needles fucking wreck the Z-95. Yeah, just shoot him right the hell down. Uh, and he starts hearing radio chatter from a, a Admiral Larm, who's the bad guy admiral here, the the, the local Imperial warlord. Yeah, I mean, um, he's not Gatellus, but he's like the admiral under him. Yeah, he's some dude who serves under Moff Gatellus, who is not a character appearing in this film. Yeah. Uh, so Luke's Z-95 shot down apparently is not fully out of atmosphere yet because it starts to fall. Yeah. It gets sucked into the gravity well of the planet, and so he starts going down, and he's taking all of the energy, and he's like, look, I don't care about shields anymore, so all power going to thrusters. I gotta try and not blow up on re-entry. Yeah, yeah, he's like, well, crap. I Hopefully the Falcon or something figures out what I was up to and tries to blow up the Reliant. Uh, so he's still trying, but as he's looking down at the planet looming large in his view screen, he notices that the rocks are arranged in a pattern he kind of remembers. But then he's like, I can't think about that. I got to pull up. Yep. I got to try and save myself. And then we get a scene missing. And he's like, I yeah, he comes to and he's like, yeah. what the fuck? I don't even remember how I landed and got out of that air that ship before it exploded. Boy, I probably used the force or something. Anyway, here I am lying on the ground. Well, shoot. Definitely killed another blacksmith. <laughs> uh, so he's lying on the ground. And finally, fucking finally. He gets, like, messages from the crystals, and he's like, wait a minute. Now I get it. You're it, alive. The, the Jawas in my dream represented an indigenous population that was being deprogrammed against their will. Uh, You're rocks. And this is the thing that drives me nuts. When he's like, wait a minute, you rocks are alive. They're like, yes, alive. And I'm like, you know, you should have started with that shit, rocks. Maybe, yes, rocks. <laughs> alive and he'd be like oh rocks alive okay i get you hey it's us the crystals were mm -hmm. we're alive mm -hmm. and then he would be like oh cool but instead his mind is blown by yeah. this he has never been as surprised by anything as he has in his life this isn't even the first species of crystal people that luke has encountered this is irritating yeah no hamley really writes it like luke is gonna lose his shit over this yeah well he basically gets a cosmic moment at the end of this because uh, he's like, wait a minute, you guys are alive? Then what's what's the deal? What, what the fuck is wrong? What, what even is life? And they're like, okay, so here's what happened. They basically explained to him what happened. They're like, all right, we are crystals. Long ago, there was an ocean on this planet, and it grew us like fucking sea monkeys. Uh, and then the, the oceans receded uh, to somewhere. Uh, don't worry about it. And, uh, <laughs> it's and, cool. And we're still here. We're crystal rocks, and we live forever. We are the crystal gems. And uh, we are basically a hive mind mm -hmm. and we uh we we knew when people came here didn't give a shit we knew when the drock showed up and we gave a shit about that because we recognized they were bad yeah so we're the only ones keeping it at bay and it turns out their thing where their radiation kills drocks when sunlight filters through it is on purpose yeah it's basically just them using weird force powers yeah they have realigned themselves internally such that they create a radiation that murders drocks so they just kind of explain everything to Luke, and they're yeah. like, okay, so you got you to gotta understand that when these dudes come down and take one of our self-brothers, then they get reprogrammed, and it sucks for us. We want them back. And Luke makes a bargain with them. He makes quite a promise. He's like, oh, well, I tell you what, I'm going to get literally every crystal that's ever been taken off of this planet back to you. If you just give me 
a ridiculous level of cosmic control over crystals for a hot second. Yeah, basically what he wants is, he asks them, hey, uh, you know those little space fighters up there that have your, like, dead brothers and sisters in them? Can you still, like, make them do stuff? And they're like, we did not think of that, because we are weird rocks. <laughs> the like- answer is yes. You think, oh, well, that'd be really useful, given that those synthroids that are on the planet that you're on... Well, I think the... The problem with it was they basically needed to go through Luke because mm. they're like, oh, their minds have been changed such that we aren't quite able to, like, mesh with them. We yeah. don't realize how. But if they use Luke as some kind of focusing mechanism, then maybe they can bounce the signal off Jupiter and get some kind of <laughs> boost or something. Uh, I mean, in this scene, I basically imagine Luke is getting, like... You know that scene in Lifted any... off the ground and white no. light coming out oh, of Oh, yeah, him. just the light out of his eyes and mouth. Yeah, single and, tear. And that's sort of the thing that's going on here, because he gets flooded with force power, but then he's able to, like, turn the needles on Dazeem's ship. See, I like that. I, I do like that he turns the needles on Dazeem's ship, but I was kind of hoping that basically the bigger rocks on the planet would get, just give him direct control over their lightning power, and he'd just use lightning to shoot down the... Uh, For a second, I thought that's what was happening, because it doesn't say, this is the end of chapter 21, it doesn't actually say in the end of 21 that uh, the needles specifically blow it up, it just says that, like, all this power goes through him, and, you know, if he were able to look up at the sky and wasn't just racked with ridiculous power and pain, he would see an explosion going on up there, and I'm like, did he just force crush a, like, entire ship from the surface? That'd be pretty cool. But no, it was just he took over the the little droid things. And all he did was like, hey, go take this thing out. It's got the death seat on it. And they're like, yes, boss. All right. So there you go. That's more or less the resolution. Although we do, I want to make sure we talk about this because it's an interesting bit of uh, stuff that happens in this chapter. It turns out the Sills can give him local remote viewing access to the Synthroids on Dazeem's ship. Yeah. And that is some gribbly shit that's going on inside that ship right now. Oh, yeah. The... (laughs) He gets to see basically through the synth droids, and Seti Ashgad is covered in these drocks, and they're just like crawling into his mouth and fucking. They're crawling in his skin and his wounds, they will not heal. <laughs> because yeah, the drocks crawl in, the drocks crawl out, the drocks <laughs> play pinochle on his snout. <laughs> He's got bugs <laughs> and other things, and other songs about bugs. He's become the Oogie Boogie Man. Yeah. So he's basically sitting in a big floating sea of Drox, still kind of vaguely working the controls of the ship, but really, it, it's clear that Dazeem has basically gotten what he wants, so he's just revoked all of the, the privileges he's been affording Ashgat all this time. Yeah, he's time. like, great, I'm off the planet, I don't need to worry about the dumb crystal radiation, so it's motherfucking go o'clock. I'm going to torture you to death, and yeah, he literally just kills him while he's sitting there, because it doesn't matter at this point. The Imperials are going to, as far as Dazeem is concerned, the Imperials have already sent a tug, they're going to drag that ship into an Imperial ship, and then it's go time for Dazeem. Yeah. And then it's just, I will go to every planet forever, nothing can stop me. Yeah. So he's got his shirt off, and he's just a gribbly mass of random tubes and tendrils and oh, yeah. gribbles and what have you. And he's, he's just, just sitting there with laughing like, to himself. weird mouths on his chest. and Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Basically just laughing and, and, and breathing heavy because he's about to infect the galaxy. Yeah. And then he gets blowed up by them, the needle fighters. Which is very good. Yeah. And I think, does this chapter also end with the uh, the Sinar, uh, the, the Imperial Separatist fleet arriving? No. It's in the next one? Okay. Yeah. This one is just, the end of it is he 
passes out after making the needles blow up the ship. Yeah. 21 starts with Dala being like, yo, what up? I'm here. Oh, yeah, yeah. 22, the last chapter. Uh, 22, yeah. Dala and her giant fleet of like 3,000 ships come bursting out of hyperspace. Except, no. It's just it's the just aftermath. Dala. Oh, that's right. We, we, we get a description of what had happened. Yeah, we get the worst thing, which is just Dala shows up and is like, you know, there was a rad space battle just a minute ago. Uh, we won. Anyway, mm. that's not important. I don't know how it happened. We must have used the force or something. <laughs> what happened to that Grand Admiral Larm character we were talking about? He's dead. Oh, he got blown up because his tug ship got blown up along with Dazim's ship. What happened to the needle fighters? They all turned and flew right back to the planet after they blew up some random fre freighter. We're not sure what was going on. Yeah. Well, I mean, they had to come back to the planet because they've got crystals in them. Yes. Yeah, well, no, I'm saying this is because this uh, chapter opens from more or less Han and Dala's, Dala's perspective. Yeah. It's just Dala being like, hey, uh, I'm on planet now, and how you, how you doing? How you doing? Well, she's grump. I love the description of her ship as having smoke generators in it or something, just so that when she's sitting in her important parts of her ship, she can be wreathed in cool mist. Yeah. <laughs> they, uh... <laughs> They go down oh, to the planet, though. Imperial ships come standard with that kind of nonsense. Oh yeah, it's well, for it's for evader visits. It's intimidation tactics. Yeah, but they're they're on the surface and they're just sort of talking about what happened. They're like, oh yeah, uh, you know, even though the needle fighters all left, we were still basically outnumbered. But you know, then my dudes show up, and it was basically cool, and we won. Mm -hmm. uh, it you know, you probably were expecting a chapter about this rad space fight between us and the Imperials, but. No, that's no, not no. what's going to happen. We're Instead, good. we get Umali Darm showing up. Yeah, Umali Darm, who now can finally get use her freighter. Yeah, she's like, "Ooh, baby, look at all these things for me to scavenge." Yeah, I'm going to try and take some of these. Uh, I'm going to take a shipload of, of Meiji off planet. It'll be open cr cream of the market. I'll be able to get whatever I want for it. Great, but uh, as well on her. Uh, appearance dala brought han so han and leia get reunited yeah han and leia and leia is still covered in crusty ass hot slime and han is just like full of nasty dust yeah, and well, unshaven he's, and he's just been running from shit planet to shit planet trying to deal with the neil fighter thing because yeah, he's he got like it was crusted relevant. sweat on yeah. him. so he's he hasn't taken a shower since he had to go down to that frozen planet and find all those people huddling by the reactors oh yeah so it's just Two nasty babies hugging up on each other. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Luke comes by and is like, we did it, of course, and I don't want to hug from either of you. Hi, guys. <laughs> and, and you know, Leia sees da Dala standing off by herself looking in the other direction, po totally pulling that Magus-style power move. And she's like, what? What the hell is... Huh? And Le Han's like, yeah, don't worry about it. She basically wants to talk to you later about some provisions she'd like in exchange for the help she just provided. Well, basically, she just wants you to... Let her have Paducas Chorios. Which, honestly, topic. it's got nothing to do with Leia. Because yeah. the moment they settle in on Paducas Chorios, they become the majority population of Paducas. And that means that she's not able to go in there and do things to them. That was the whole plot of this book, was she couldn't do shit for uh, Nam Chorios because uh, Seti Ashgad was a minority. Well, yeah, but that's what they're saying, is yeah. they'll be the majority, so she can do something for them. Yeah, yeah. Well, what she can do for them is leave them the fuck alone. Oh, yeah. She, they don't want to join the Republic, and they never will. No, but that's the whole point, is like, we're going to be in charge, basically, of this planet, mm -hmm. and we're going to ask you to not do the same dumb bullshit you pulled here. 
<laughs> Except Paducah's Chorios is just a regular ass planet. I don't think yeah, it's there's no in... weird death bugs. Yeah, or magic super crystals. Uh, uh, and Luke has to then just show up and explain the plot to everyone else who missed it. Mm-hmm. He was like, hey, everybody. Uh, so the CCIRs, the Drox, all that. Yeah, it's all connected in the circle of life. So I got to go find all these crystals. And they're like, what? Yeah, he's like, he's like, so, okay, here we go. We got to explain the entire. And, and there's all like new characters that show up only in this explanation. He's like, look, I got to go find these now. Don't worry, Lorinar's not going to care about these needles anymore because the crystals here can communicate with their brethren. And I'm like, what's the range on that? And didn't they have to use you to do that? Well, the first time, yeah. But I'm guessing that now that they've done it, they can figure out how to do it on their own. And then why does he need to do any? Like, couldn't he just go like, hey, hey, CCIRs, come on back to the planet? Well, I mean, only the ones that are in needle fighters, because those are the only ones that have space capacity. And even then, they don't have hyperdrives. Nah. They have to come through with a little bit like uh, they have to come through with carrier ships and then get dropped off where they're going. The, the ones that are in synth droids can't run home to Namtorios. <laughs> so he's got to go around and collect all the synth droids and all the crystals that Lorinar still has that are just like in boxes and shit. They're not oh, yeah. even connected to robos yet. I love the question that Han has where he's like, but how are you going to get Lorinar to like go along with this? And Leia's like, uh, I have proof that they tried to murder the galaxy and sell out to the Imperials. I think we'll be fine with just going, hey, how about you give us all these crystals back and we don't blow up your bullshit? Yeah, of course, it's a Senate. So what will actually happen is she'll go back and raise a complaint and the space Mitch McConnell will be like, yeah, but we... uh." We get a lot of money from them, so... In in this galaxy, I actually am a turtle man. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, she's just like, oh, we'll put so many sanctions on them that they'll go out of business in a week. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, sure you will. Sure, what you'll actually do is bail them out. (laughs) Nah, man, this is space where things actually happen. (laughs) It's space where the Senate is a good thing. Yeah. That's it's the fantasy setting where well this is a, this bad. is a relatively new senate it hasn't had two hundred years to slowly decay into the <laughs> useless nonsense it is now uh, okay fair enough uh so yeah he has to explain what his dumb plan is mm-hmm. and Umali's getting all of her shit together and then he sees hey wait a minute that's that uh, that person that I saw who like threw the grenades back when I was going up against that first thing. Uh, in the early chapters when I was with the newcomers. And they, yeah. oh, she's, she she's, looks... She, every time we describe her, she is gawky and awkward, but also completely at, at ease and poised. I have no idea. I, this lanky, awkward, gawky, graceful person, they keep saying. And I'm like, come on, stop that. <laughs> this beanpole of a goddess. Mm-hmm. And you're like, what? Say, what? Yeah. It's basically like if Roger Rabbit and Jessica Rabbit were the same thing at once. <laughs> But she removes her veils, and oh, it is Callista. The hair. She has the hair of a Cray Mingla. <laughs> and Luke, for his credit, is like, nah, man. Nah, she's got to go her own way. Go her own way. <laughs> I'll break the chain. <laughs> Tusk. Rock on, <laughs> gold dust woman. <laughs> so, I guess I'm just... Secondhand news. <laughs> so Luke <laughs> pretty much just has a little internal thing where he's like, 
well, I guess, I guess this is done. And he just kind of like waves at her. Farewell. I guess the landslide brought our relationship down. <laughs> and as soon as he does do that, Callista noticeably relaxes like, oh, thank oh, God, he's not going to run over he's here. He's not going to do anything awkward. He's not <laughs> going to just come over here and be like, my darling. She's already picked a vast open plane to stand on, so he won't have anywhere to lean up against to try and block her walking path. <laughs> hey, what you doing? <laughs> Uh, I guess I'll just go back to liking all of her Facebook pictures. <sighs> so, yeah, that's basically the end of Callista and Luke on this is they wave to each other and then she gets on Umali's ship and takes the fuck off. Yeah, she's got to go do her own thing. I don't even know what her own thing is at this point. I, I she, mean, she had to stop this nonsense because she knew about it and it was important to her. Well, she was like, I got to go to that planet because I've heard the planet is like super force. So maybe it can give me force powers. Right. And it didn't. No. She's like, great. I'm off to go try and find more force powers. Yeah. So she's off on her own journey to find force powers. And she really just wants to break up with Luke. Like the whole thing where she's like, ah, I can't be part of his life because I don't have force powers and it'll never run. Well, really, she should just be more open about this and be like, I don't want to date Luke anymore because Luke kind of sucks. <laughs> But no, her whole thing is, no, it's it's not you, it's me. Yeah. Just be honest with him while you're breaking up with him. It would save you a fuckload of trouble. Because <laughs> otherwise he's just going to keep hyperspacing to wherever you are and be like, I figured out a way we can be together. Because that's what you want, right? Because like, that's what you said when we had to break up was you wanted to be with me and you actually did love me. So what there I was did, just one problem and I fixed the problem. I built a list. And, and, and she's like, oh, I should have just fucking told you no more the first time. <laughs> Don't make a flowery emotional scene. Just be direct. <laughs> I'm sure they'll appreciate your candor. <laughs> You're so novel. <laughs> He should uh, just follow, Luke should just follow my teenage guide to popularity. <laughs> How many times has that fucking song come up now for us? Uh, for us, like four. Uh, it's become it. part of our current in-joke block. Although, honestly, the long list of Fleetwood Mac songs is probably going to go right <laughs> up in there for me. <laughs> I only did like half of them off rumors that time, so there's, there's plenty more. Uh, you Wait until I figure out a way to work Rhiannon into conversation. <laughs> So, the end of this book, instead of it being Luke waving to Callista, we have to go back aboard Dalla's ship. Once again, with the misty wreath things turned on, so she can be shrouded from the ankles down in cool mist. Yeah. I assume that she just does have the rest of the Downs Party shit turned on. Like, <laughs> like there's like three switches on the wall, and she always turns on the mist one, but there's another one where like little rotating colored lights come Oh, yeah, down. you get the little laser lights. Uh-huh. And then the, the, you, cl you flick that third one, and it's foam party time. <laughs> Uh, Luke has Legaeus with him, mm -hmm. and Legaeus is like, oh, I'm Leia, I'm so glad you're fine, and everything's good now. I'm a good guy, and I get a good guy ending, yes. I've gotten older every second of this book. <laughs> I drank from the wrong grail. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, and then they go to talk to Dalla about uh, their plan to... More or less give her sanctions and let her take over Paducah's Troyo. Yeah, they're so like, just, hey, we're going to let you have it. Yeah. It doesn't matter. They, so they walk in. Leia's all prepped and primmed and so on for this. And and the like, moment I'm ready for doing diplomacy. We're doing diplomacy, Leia style. <laughs> Poor I'll spend the entire time thinking about shit people told me five years ago. Uh, and then they walk in and Dala's like, all right, so here's what we, uh, Legaeus? 
and in the most unearned fucking thing, the last fucking like two pages of this book, Legaeus and Dollar are like, my long lost love. Oh, my ancient girlfriend from long ago. This is, I guess, what, remember when I told you I had a lady and I had to let her go her own path? I guess it was Dalla. Uh-huh. Great. Except that the lesson he learned from having to let Dalla go his own path is you can get her back when you're old, apparently. Yeah, if you just wait long enough, it'll all come full circle, Luke. He was, he was just buying girl bonds. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, we get uh, Dalla described as like, oh, all the, like, murder drops out of her eyes and mm -hmm. she becomes like a little girl again. Which is great, given how old-ass Legaeus is. Ugh. So it's like, what happened? Well, I've led a hard road, Legaeus. There were some cruelties. <laughs> yes, it's been a hard, long road. I spent the past 30 years either trying to fuck or trying to mourn my uh, boss. Yeah, my I, commanding officer. It's it's all been stupid, and, and you shouldn't read about it because it's very unpleasant. <laughs> but we dated when I was like 15, and now we're both 70, so I'm sure this is great. Yeah. You know, Will Huff Tarkin, the guy who was an old man when I met him in the first place? <laughs> The guy who was born an old man. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was dating him for a while, and then he died, and oh, boy. Boy, howdy. Let me tell you. But, but it's good to see you again, because I'm way into super old dudes. <laughs> and they... <laughs> that, that's just her thing. She that's just my thing. She loves them silver foxes. And they barely even say anything beyond that and just start making out and then they leave hand in hand they're I, like the bye part, we're gonna go fuck i love that part where the two of them just walk off to fuck <laughs> they're like peace out we're gonna uh, go you probably should turn you probably shouldn't have turned on these sexy fuck mists because that made the problem worse oh yeah and everyone's just kind of watching this like what the shit <laughs> Like, you start hearing the, the angry sex noise coming from the next room, and <laughs> Lucas just sagely nodding like the Gentle Ben meme. <laughs> mm, yes, mm. yes. Sex is good. I miss having sex with my girlfriend, Callista. But uh, I just need to wait another 50 years, and then we'll bone down. Lesson learned. Thanks, Legaeus. <laughs> uh, this is so friggin' unearned. It comes from nowhere. Yeah. I mean, the only, the only hint you get to it at all is that Legaeus mentions having a girlfriend at one point. He's a 70-year-old man. Of course he's had a girlfriend at some point. Yeah, and this, I mean, it never read, like, foreshadowing that Legaeus was going to have anything like this. It just read as, Legaeus is a sage old man who understands how relationships work, and he's here to give advice to the young Luke. Mm -hmm. And instead, they're like, ha no. Turns out he's going to go to Bone Town with Dalla. And you're like, what? Huh? But make, this makes, I want her to come back out of the room in the same chapter and be like, huh, he, all, he died almost immediately in there. <laughs> and I blame the New Republic. <laughs> Now time to go on a killing spree. I mean, we do know that she goes on another anti-republic killing spree after this. Eventually, yeah. Yes. So maybe that's what it is. Uh, so the very end of this, watching them go off to Bone, is just Han Luke being like, "Huh." Well, it's it's just Luke going, "Yeah, yeah." Callista will be all right. She'll be strong, and then she'll come back in a few years and we're going to bone down. I want, I want Han to lean in over her shoulder and be like, yeah, she will be fine, Luke. She'll be fine funneling the hogs of so many other men. <laughs> How you doing, buddy? I'm sick of this. Uh, I'm going to be mean to you starting now instead of nice. <laughs> That's it. It's, <laughs> we've, it's been a long road, but finally we can character assassinate Han again. 
the statute of limitations on being nice to you about this shit breakup has passed. Look, I gotta be honest with you. You're not getting back together. You're being an idiot. So from now on, any more mopey expressions and I will mercilessly rip into you, Luke. <laughs> Brother-in-law of mine. Uh, so we end with Leia asking Luke, are you all right? Mm-hmm. And he's just like, yes. Was Han too mean to you? I am all Do right. you want me to say something to him about that? No, if you say something, it'll just be worse. Then he'll make fun of me more. Just set him off again. Leia, are you offering to help him in there? <laughs> I hope you're not, little chode. Uh, now I'm going to bust on him harder. <laughs> you got to know this. I'm a dick. <laughs> Are you guys almost done talking in there? I just finished dipping my balls in Luke's coffee. There you go. There's short episode. Now, let me ask you a quick question. Sure. Did this book ever reveal why it's called Planet of Twilight? No. In fact, it's very rarely Twilight on the planet. Yeah. Uh, They they make Twilight doesn't matter. It's only light or night. Yeah. That's all that matters. Yeah. That's an interesting question. What's going on with the Twilight aspect of the planet? I don't get it. Uh, I just it, don't. Is it because Seti Ashcat is summon, uh, suffering from sundowner syndrome because he's so friggin' old? He's in his twilight years. That's what it's, it's Legaeus and Dalla having that twilight sex. That's what. It, that, that's what yeah. Uh, Legaeus puts a lot of glitter on. And he's like, I'm a vampire. <laughs> doesn't even happen on the planet, but still. Ooh, I'm so sexy of a <laughs> vampire. I'm 200 years old, and I love you specifically, high school girl. I've been going to high school and macking on chicks for 200 years. Uh, aren't I an interesting character? I'm a pervert. It's better if you don't imagine my backstory in the slightest. <laughs> Because the, the moment you look at me sideways, it all falls apart. Oops-a-daisies, I'm a pedophile. Darla, the thing I'm most attracted to about you is how boring you are. And your pickup truck, I guess. What the hell was the point of these movies? You're so plain and you've got so much plaid on. I love it. <laughs> You're like a boring lumberjack that stares into the middle distance. I love you. Oh, I can't imagine a more exciting thing. It's like having sex with a lumberjack statue in front of a cigar store. <laughs> yes, indeed. They have Twilight sex. Mm-hmm. That's what Planet of Twilight's all about, John. That's it. That's the <laughs> that's the subtext here. <laughs> uh, I don't know why it's called that, because the only thing on this planet that matters is daytime, because the daytime is what kills off the Drox. And oh, the by nighttime the way, is the right time. That is also mentioned in the book, is that the the, the sills are, is what that species of rock pe- rocks that live on the planet are called. Yeah, them T-sills. The T-sills. It's T-S-I-L-S. We don't know if that's that T is silent or not. We don't. That could be T-cells, that could be T-sills, that could be sills. Who knows? Might make turn into a Z sound, right? Like a Zill? Like a Zar? That could be Zills. Yeah, like a Zar. Uh... I, I so I think Zill is probably the most correct format based on the fact that Czar is a word. I don't know. Um, anyway, they have offered to help solve the Death Seed Plague problem because they can turn them by they can voluntarily give over some of their rocks to be used as special plague killing flashlights. Yeah. So someone's just Luke's just like yeah we're we're gonna like shove crystals into a like giant flashlight and walk around and point them at bugs and that ought to do it. I assume it's going to be some orbital shit. Like, they're going to get enough crystals into a big orbiter thing that, like, uh, you know, like, to, to reflect a bunch of radiated sunlight onto a planet and kill all the bugs at once. I don't know, man. I, I, but he's just like, hey, don't even worry about that part. The whole uh, the, the whole Chorio system, which is currently riddled with Death Seed, we're going to solve it with 
rock flashlights. Oh, yeah. I mean, <sighs> the end of this book, I know that some books, at least, that we have read end with some change to the status quo, whether it's, you know, like one character gets some weird thing, they meet someone new, whatever it is, mm-hmm. and I understand that. But I feel like you've just really fucked up a lot of stuff for whoever writes next. Well, I mean, of the books that we've read that are future Star Wars stuff, uh, which one has had the... I think the one that's had the most change is probably uh, Courtship, right? Because what really changes at the end of Crystal Star that matters? Oh, I was going to say Crystal Star was probably the one because at the end you've got a planet full of children to take care of. I mean, yeah, sure, they get a planet full of spare Jedi, but that Jedi are not in short supply by the time Crystal Star comes out. That uh, Luke's already got a whole planet of Jedi. Now he just has to put a bunch of kids on it. But, I mean, an entire orbital, like, giant Death Star-esque battle planet shows up. I, I mean, that thing's neat and all, but it's not a battle planet. It doesn't have any weapons or anything. It's just a cool spaceship that happens to be planet-shaped. And, and again, we, we always bury the lead on that thing. It has its own small sun that it follows it around. Yep, neat. That's, that's the good part. But the only one that really, like, moves the character needles forward in any way is, is Courtship, because it ends with Han and Leia getting married. Yeah. Um, and that's a thing where I'm like, yeah, you can do that in a book. But to be like... Yeah. Hey, uh, I started the worst plague that's ever existed, and it's spread throughout all of these planets, and you can almost guarantee that probably also on any ships that took off have some of these bugs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, anyway, I'll just say I hand wave it, and we'll take care of it with flashlights. And you're like, you can't do that. This is This is a plague situation where if one ship manages to fly off somewhere that you weren't thinking of Mm -hmm. and settles down there, you're going to have a whole other thing. Well, the whole thing where they're like, all right, here's the way we stop these minuscule, super tiny bugs from getting off planet is we shoot down anything bigger than a B-wing that tries to leave the planet or tries to come to the planet. Okay, well, eventually someone's just going to build like little droney ships and just fly in and fly back out again. Uh, you know, like it's going to be the space Amazon is going to be the thing that eventually murders everyone in the galaxy. Cause they'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah, just little drones. We sent drones to the plant to drop off copies of books that people bought. And they came back with some weird bugs. No big deal. No big deal. Oh shoot. Uh Oh, uh Oh, the plague. Oh no. We're all dead. Yeah. So it's a weird story. Uh, I mean, it, it all resolves itself very neatly in that, la- those last two chapters where, you know, anything interesting happens. But as well with that, when they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to get rid of them using the fucking crystal radiation or whatever, I go, okay, that sounds nice and all, but you've had Drox surviving on a planet full of these crystals for like a hundred years. You haven't been able to get rid of them when they're right next to all of you. How do you think it's going to work when you've got to go get rid of them on a planet and you've brought like a crystal? I think the big difference is that there's going to be a concerted effort to get rid of them now. Like the Sills would love to kill them off, but the Sills are, Zills, are effectively immobile. So I don't think they could kill off Drox that they couldn't like get at because they're rocks. They're just rocks. Rocks can't chase Drox. (laughs) Ah, uh, my favorite Dr. Seuss book, mm-hmm. Rocks on Drox. <laughs> yeah, Rocks on Drox. Uh, you know, and then Bagels with Locks show up toward the ends of, end of it. It's, it's, yeah, it's there's a wonder- flocks and flocks of yeah. all these Drocks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but put your stocks in those fine rocks, because only rocks can defeat the Drocks. It's a great book we've got now. Mm-hmm. I think we've written a, a wonderful... Uh, Planet of Twilight, Dr. Seuss-style book here. <laughs> Good. <laughs> if you're a Dr. Seuss-esque artist, 
get in touch. That would be an amazing thing if that was a type of person that still existed. <laughs> also, it would sell to no one. Because <laughs> everyone would be like, the fuck is this? Well, how is this a Star Wars thing? It's about crystals and bugs? <laughs> You're like, oh, you had to have read this one shitty book. Well, now, technically, we removed all references to Star Wars from it, except for Drox and Rocks, because uh, Luke doesn't really rhyme with anything particularly good. So <laughs> we, had, we had to take that out of there. Yeah. Well, that's not necessarily true, because the type of crystal that gets converted from a, a rock is a spook. <laughs> so uh, Luke's, Luke talks to spooks about the, the, the rocks that hate the Drox. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's a great uh, book. It's going to be a, great. It's, I love it. It's just what we wanted. Anyway, John, oh, man, how do we usually end these things? Do I ask you what your favorite thing about this book is? No, maybe? we usually don't. Usually we wait for the wrap-up to do all the nonsense. Oh, you're right. That's right. So I guess we're basically just done. I mean, we do need to let you know that, yes, of course, next episode is going to be our wrap-up. We always do a wrap-up episode that gives us a little break from having to desperately read constantly. So the next episode of, of uh, Expounded Universe is going to be one of those. Uh, as always, if you have questions about the book that we just read, anything that you feel we didn't cover, any questions you have about what might have gone on during things, mm -hmm. uh, just let us know. Of course, you can get us on our Discord. If you go to our uh, Twitter page, at System Mastery, you can find the pinned tweet that has the link to that yeah go into our expounded universe thread and ask us your questions yeah you can ask questions there put in a uh we need it we need to put planet of twilight in your or uh your question so sure. that we can search for it so just put planet of twilight before your question and that way it'll be easier to search for yeah yeah so we can do that mm -hmm. and of course you can tweet, tweet at us do whatever email us whatever you want to do Yell things into the air and hope that perchance a wind makes... <laughs> Just yell hashtag system mastery into the air. Well, yeah, because we live in the story dimension, so if you yell, like, names for us or whatever, then we get them and it keeps us alive from the nothing. Yeah, I had a small child just yell John at me, and that's the reason I have this name. Weirdly, it didn't sound like John at all. No, he's... <laughs> See, now, if you're wondering about a joke that we've made way too many times <laughs> at the show before... Moonchild is the one. Yeah, I think that's the one that we make the most often. Uh, all right. So otherwise, if you like what you hear and you want to hear some more good news, there's bonus content. Ooh, baby. You know what we do in bonus content? Why, we go to Wookiepedia and we find some nonsense to bring back to you. We regret wearing a long sleeve shirt in our hot ass recording area. Uh, well, but yeah, you do. I do. I, I'm regretting a lot right now. <laughs> uh, but basically, John, all you got to do is go to systemmasterypatreon.com slash systemmastery. If you go to that first one, it's all porn. Don't do it. <laughs> Don't do yeah, it. You have to have a dash first. Patreon.com slash systemmastery. That's keep you safe from the the horrible porn. Uh, go to Support us at the $2 level. It'll end up being about 4 bucks a month. And you'll unlock four episodes on average, usually sometimes more, Four episodes of bonus content related to Expounded Universe per month. Got dang. Plus two more episodes of System Mastery stuff. Got for, for, for four bucks. What a great deal it is, right? Got dang. So good. Thank you, John. Thank <laughs> You're you for, welcome. Thank you for those. I am adding something yeah, to Yeah, you this. are. You're contributing. You're doing color commentary. <laughs> That's me. Boom, shakalaka. <laughs> He's uh, on fire. That's gotta hurt. <laughs> From downtown. Turbo. I'm just, I'm just doing NBA Jam now. <laughs> well, that's very useful to me. Oh, big head mode. <laughs> no one ever says big head mode. I just Get out of here. I just said big head mode. <laughs> Rocco. This is big head. <laughs> I just want him to announce things that, that are, the announcer from NBA Jam to announce things that aren't correct. 
<laughs> He's wearing sneakers. <laughs> Slaps only, no odd job. Ah. <laughs> uh. All right. So anyway, uh, go to System Mastery at Patreon and give us some two dollars. Give it, and that, you'll get so much bonus. There's more levels too. Just research them, find out what else you can earn. Usually, you want that five dollar level to get the last secret bonus content episode, the secretest, most creamiest of the crop of them all. <laughs> yeah, every episode guaranteed creamy. <laughs> we really put a lot of cream into those episodes. So, so much cream. Yeah, it's amazing, Crap. and it rises to the top. It, we did the cream rises to the top. Let me tell you, every kind of cream you're hoping for. Look, let me tell you, on balance, off balance, doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. <laughs> Uh, and let me point <laughs> out that it's a great deal at, uh, at five bucks and whatever. Here, you go. That, That's what you got to do. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you in a week with more Star Wars content and right away with bonus content if you're into it. And until such time as then, I've been Elan Sleezbogiano. And I'm letting Death Sticks go their own way. 